There we go. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Beer with Darren. Today is a really special episode because I'm joined by Yoni from Lusha or Lusha. Um, I've heard two ways of pronouncing the company name. Uh, I'm really excited to have this conversation. So, Yoni, thank you so much for joining me. What are you drinking? Um, I'm drinking uh, Alexander beer. It's a local Israeli boutique beer, um, something light and nice and unfiltered. So, uh, this is it. It's great for, for 11 a.m. Uh, Amazing. And, and for the people that, uh, that don't know you, and also just to confirm, is it Lusha or is it Lusha? It's Lusha. I know a lot of people uh, phrase it as Lasha, uh, but the name is Lusha. So uh, this is how we call it. Anyway, we, we accept both. <laughs> Perfect. And I, I think that's probably my Essex accent as well, to be fair. My London accent is... Uh, it's also in, in, uh, in Americans as well. Don't, don't feel... Uh, I'm, I'm going to try my best to say Lucia throughout, but uh, I'm sure I will slip up at some point. It's uh, not intentional. <laughs> so for the people that um, don't know um, Lucia and yourself, would you mind just giving a little bit of background about what the company does? Yeah, for sure. Um, so Lucia helps the go-to-market world become smarter by commoditizing B2B data. We do it by providing simple self-service product that helps sales and marketing grow their business. Um, and in, in overall, I mean, what we do for sales is that we help salespeople identifying and reaching out to their potential, ideal potential customer uh, easily by providing them direct B2B data through prospecting and enrichment capabilities so they can spend more time selling. Um, so, for example, while you browse on the web uh, and you're viewing a Salesforce lead or you're viewing a LinkedIn profile, opening an email, we can give you a full and rich profile, business profile with direct business contact details, information about the company, so you can easily engage and identify the, the best candidates for you. Um, and for marketeers, uh, we solve a different problem um, so that, I mean, most of the B2B website today has a, a long form with approximately seven to eight field forms uh, to lead qualification and lead generation. And so what we're doing is we built a smart form that instead of asking seven to eight basic questions such as your full name, job title, work email address, we just autofill the form with the information that we already know, which most of it is publicly available, so that the form is as short as possible, even one field form. And, and the difference between seven to eight field forms and one field form can, can even double your conversion rate up to 100%. Uh, so we definitely, uh, we don't know the data all the time. So if we don't know the data, the form just asks the missing information so that the form is dynamically uh, as the relevant and missing information. And you as a marketeer have the shortest uh, form possible in your website. And as a result, you have more leads. So I think it's awesome. That's quite a new development, right? Yeah, this is a new product. We just released it uh, last month. So we started with, with a closed beta and, and we got some feedback for customers and we just proved that it actually uh, converts better because it was theoretically at the beginning, but it does. Uh, so now we are, you know, we are adding more uh, integrations, getting feedback and improving it. It's just the beginning, but the use case is, is, is great and, uh, and we start seeing the results. I can imagine so, because everyone always tells me to make my forms uh, sh shorter, but you know, even your typical demo request form, 
you want to know the company size so you can assign it to the right team you know you want to know the location and all of these things so you do end up with that that long form just to fit your internal processes when actually that's not the right thing for the customer um so i think what you're yeah. doing is fantastic. yeah i mean the best practice today is just asking the customer all the questions and it's it just you just move the friction to your customers and it doesn't make sense to if you want to to improve your funnel and increase the conversion rate you need to reduce the amount of questions um and also i think that if you think about it most of the forms today are, are static everything is the same like for example every two people are getting into your website getting the same form same question same experience and it doesn't make sense because the idea was to qualify the lead so what we will, it's not available yet, but what we will allow you is that, for example, if we know a developer came to a website, you can ask him follow-up questions such as uh, which uh, which uh, language are you coding in? And, and if a sales rep got into your website, you can ask him, does he use Salesforce? So you can ask specific qualifications questions that you can actually get more qualification criteria uh, without increasing the amount of questions in your form because you just ask everyone different questions. So, and I find that amazing. So my, my recruitment background is kicking now. So I've been in recruitment tech for 10 years. And I, I've just you've just sort of made me think about an application form for a job where it knows if the person is replying for a tech role um, yeah. and you can ask more specific questions. Yeah. You know, the amount of times I applied, applied for a tech job and I was filling in questions just, just weren't relevant. You know, I wasn't ever going to really talk to customers. I was sitting behind a black screen, as I'm sure you know, typing away uh, in Vim. Um, uh, I'm a Vim user. So your, your background's tech as well, right? So how did you get started in tech? Yeah, so I mean, I learned software engineering uh, and I started as a, as a mobile iOS developer at the beginning. So my experience was definitely front-end, consumer products, simple solutions. Um, and, and, and basically my, my experience was consumer experience. Um, and I think I think it shaped a lot of the way Lucia built uh, eventually. Um, I met my partner Asaf several years later, which he has a different background of entrepreneurship and, and basically business like you know sales, biz dev, and stuff like that. And and the combination between us generated a self-service, simple uh, consumer experience B two B company, um, which at the beginning we just thought this is the way we think it should happen, but Eventually, we understood that there is a lot of companies that are doing it that way, uh, and there is a name for that called product-led growth companies. And so, it took us a while to understand, but this is definitely how how we built the company, and eventually, part of the things that we we, we succeeded to build. I think. Um, and, and your co-founder complements your skill set there because I see a lot of yeah. um, lot of businesses, especially around amongst tech people. What happens is we meet other tech people and we. We start businesses and we code away until it's perfect. But it sounds like you you had the uh, the front end uh, and the, the coding background, and your business partner had the sort of the sales experience. Is that fair to say? Yeah, and that's super important. I think that I, I think at the beginning that I, I didn't thought that I need a partner, which is totally different than my experience. But when you meet this person, that uh, complete your your capabilities, and each one of you have a different comfort zone. Together you are just you're just running faster. It's not it's a you know one plus one is three because each one of you is doing the things that the other less comfortable less like to do, and each one of you is is doing what he's strong at. And I think that that's the that's that's the best partnership you 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 want to look for. Um, Absolutely. And and so you're the CEO at Lucia. How did you decide? 
because I imagine the conversation happened. How did you decide who was going to be the CEO? And because there's always a bit of friction there, and you're like, uh, yeah. well, who, who should be the one that's uh, got the C level uh, name? How did you decide that? Well, I think at the beginning we didn't decide it exactly. I mean, both of us like managed the company at the beginning. We didn't have titles, um, but when we decided, is um, I think it's depending on 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 the company culture and 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 what you're building. I think. We're a product company and we are an engineering company and most of the of the processes are, are engineering, BI, analytics, and, and stuff like that, which is more of my experience. Uh, and it was um, you know, it was natural for me to to manage most of those activities. Um, and and I think Asaf is much better than me, you know. Um, in strategic, in partnership, in reaching out to customers and and, and, and potential partnerships, and so we decided that uh, it, it happened very naturally. But but you know, the day to day work was mainly my comfort zone and the things that I love to do, and and the stuff was more like you know strategic and, and business and, uh, and development like that. It's always nice when there's not the the uh, friction, the argument, because. Uh... That's always the. I think that's always the downfall of a good business is usually uh, co-founders not getting on. That's I see it all the time. It's a uh, it's a real shame. How did the um, how did the idea for Lucia come around? For the name or for the product? I'm interested in the name, um, but also very much so the product. Well, both of them is my partner. Uh, honestly, I think. I mean. I, my background, as I said, was uh, engineering, uh, and I worked in several. Uh, on several products around, you know, VoIP contacts and stuff like that. So I knew the area of data and, and identifying data points. Um, and Asaf knew more the, the business need from the recruitment area. He, he had a several startups before uh, for uh, building solution for recruiters. So he knew the need of recruiters over uh, the web to get to accurate details and business contact details. Uh, and when we met, uh, we, ju we just mentioned this uh, opportunity to build such product, and each one of us thought about it for like two weeks uh, alone, and then we just connected again in this, and just and just and I just told him like let's do it together, um, and, and we started, and very quickly we started to build the product, and things got really really fast. I think in two months as we had the first version of the product. Uh, publicly available for customers, which was totally slow and and you know and and, and very very uh, POC product, but but this is how it started very fast. So so he knew the the business need, uh, and he also had the vision of the of Lucia itself as a character. Um, so all this credit is for him for sure, um, and I help I help him. Build that and make it as a consumer product, consumer experience, so that it will be very easy for everyone to just download it, start using it without any need for a sales rep or demo or something like that. And and this was a big part, I think, of the of the reason we succeeded to grow the business at the beginning uh, with no resources. Which is, I'm I'm really keen to dig into that because I'm I'm probably. On that journey now, right? So we're we're a startup business, and yeah. we're we're about to switch over to having a self-service product. So in the in the early days of our products, we've been having people talk to salespeople, and because yeah. we, we were still trying to understand their their pain points, we were still trying to 
nailed down our price point, even our product positioning, so many things. And the way that we decided to do that was to make sure we talked to every single customer. Now we're we're pretty nailed down on what we do, the value and everything. So we're moving to that self-service journey. So we're going to offer free trials and you know, you can plug in your credit card details. There's no 12-month commitments and all of these fun things that I'll be honest, scared of living shit out of me. It really does. But uh, <laughs> it's also driving me. So what was your journey like down there? I know you said it was product-led growth. What was yeah. your growth market strategy and how did that work? So it's totally combined. Uh, the product-led growth was the strategy. Um, just to make it make it clear, um, we are a bootstrap company, and uh, we didn't do any marketing activities at the beginning, I think, three or four years. So everything was organic growth. And the way we did that is just we were very, very focused about building a product, simple product, with a freemium tier, which is very important because people had the ability to, to start using the product uh, for free to understand if they like it, if they need it, and if they want it. And if they did, they could easily just buy itself service on the website. And if they had questions, they, they, we had sales rep beginning just one, just answer all the questions. Uh, and it's changed um, the whole way of selling, I think. Um, f first, I think that you know, 75% uh, of the people today expect to be self-educated. Uh, and I'm among of them, I, I think I prefer to just try the product instead of talking to a rep that you, that will explain me the value. I want to see the value. And if it's good, I will buy. And if I have a question, I will ask. But I think the customers wants to have <clears throat> the ability to experience themselves. And I, and I think it's way beyond software. I think everything you buy today as a consumer, whether you buy a shirt, whether you buy an iPhone, whether you buy a car, just try it first, right? You, you drive the car first, you, you, you check the shirt, you, you play with the iPhone on the App Store. And when it comes to software, as to software, there is no different. I think you want to try the, the product, and if it's good for you, you will buy. Instead of listening to a sales pitch about why it's good for you, um, and and when you do that, and when the product does deliver the value that you wanted to to and you promised to to deliver, then the people like it, and they can tell it to other people, and they're using it actually, and and it's just starting to grow organically. So word, word of mouth was your probably biggest source of marketing at that time. You just had happy users, and then that led to more more referrals. Yeah, I mean, we did encourage them to refer the product to other people and get more credits, and so they will be able to use more. But yeah, I think that the fact it was free at the beginning was was a real differentiation in this industry. Most of the companies today, um, you need to to talk to sales first, or you need to buy annual contracts. It's not flexible. In Lucia, you can start for free, and if you want, you can start paying monthly. You want to stop, stop. You want to continue, just continue to pay. You want to have a discount, pay annual. It just you have all the options as a as a consumer um, that fits for your needs, and and so we we wanted to to reduce the friction wherever we can, uh, and I think the freemium was a key for that, so that you will provide it's very easy to use. For the mass market, with no friction at the beginning, just give it a shot, and um, and and eventually, if the product is good, then it starts growing like this, and then you can add, of course, resources of more sales, more marketing. But the the core is different, I think, when it's when it's product first. Just just try it first. 
it makes complete sense when you say it and it, it shows you're confident in the product um and it's it's very similar to what we're trying to do at pager because the reason that we didn't do that is because we were still finding uh our market niche if that makes sense so we my background is obviously tech. I, I didn't have the, the same uh, business partner as you, where it was like, this is what we're going to do. This is exactly what the need is. I just knew that I was scratching my own itch and I saw this problem inside businesses. So it was very much about finding our feet. And we've done that through recruitment businesses. So we work with around 200 recruitment um, staffing agencies now with their marketing teams. And now we're on the journey to actually take it beyond beyond recruitment. So we've um, yeah we're starting that journey, which is... I have to say really fascinating and uh, really exciting so I, i'm looking forward to launching that actually i'm going to be hopefully following in your footsteps soon it will be a be an interesting time when you, if you fast forward four years i imagine now you've got things like enterprise sales and you know we're talking to larger businesses how has that changed the dynamic internally and and the way you set that up um honestly not that much i mean Still, most of the enterprise deals that we, we are doing here at Lucia came bottom up. I mean, there are the, most of the, the biggest account of Lucia today, they started as a team, and then another team, and then another team, and then uh, we merged the account to bigger account, and then you still can have another team. So everything goes bottom up. And it, when they wanted to buy a big contract, that's because they reach out to us and say, hey, so how does it cost? Or if I want 100 licenses, how much it's going to cost. Um, we didn't reach out proactively to customers um, until, I mean, very recently. Um, most of it came bottom up. We did try to do um, outbound and, and getting out to customers. We didn't knew Lucia and this was completely failed for us. I mean, it can work, but it's not, it wasn't worth the effort because the amount of people that already know Lucia and uses Lucia that in the database is just much bigger. So we decided to focus on them. All, all the sales conversations in Lucia today are, they, they speak to users, not to prospects. They speak, they speak to, to people who already tried Lucia and know what it is. And when you, you, you send them an email or you call them, they know you. I mean, oh yeah, Lucia, we know you. Uh, that's great you're calling. Uh, it's not that you're reaching out to people that doesn't know who you are, you need to pitch the value. So I think enterprises, it, it still happened bottom up. I think what did change was our flexibility about contracts and and, um, and, and, and wire transfers and stuff like that. And this is very, very important point, I think. Part of the thing that we decided at the beginning was that we are not accepting any um, changes to the contract. Everyone that wanted to buy Lucia at the, ver at the first two years did it with the terms of service on the website. No custom contracts and no custom features for a specific customer. We just did, you know, if it if the feature was makes sense and a lot of customers asked for it, then it, we, we added it to the roadmap. But if it's only one customer, then it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to, to build that. We want to make sure that it's relevant for all. We always play the volume game. And, and we also didn't accept wire transfer as, as weird as it sounds because we didn't have collection department and we didn't have the people that will follow up and make sure that on the bank account and all these frictions. So we tried everyone to put him on a subscription, recurring subscription on, 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 on their credit card 
And we definitely lost some deals with all those decisions, but it created a much simpler um, process for us as, as, as a small company. So that today we're more flexible with that. Uh, and this is part of the changes, I think, in the enterprise approach, because we understand that in order to get there, we need to be more flexible in, in several aspects. But we, most of it still happened bottom up. And, uh, I find that so interesting. So you, you basically got your product in, in different parts of the business and eventually realized that so many different parts of the business were using it, they needed to speak to you. Yeah. I mean, this is exactly how it happened. And um, and I think this is the th this is what we're trying to do. We're trying to to make it so easy to start using. And if it's good for you, you will probably reach out to us. And th this is the all this is all freemium and product experience. We put a lot of effort on onboarding, for example. Make the onboarding very simple. Make sure the uh, uh, the most amount of people at the beginning of their journey understand the value proposition very fast. They call yeah. that the aha moment, right? So can they yeah. get to the aha yeah. moment as soon as they can? Uh, yeah. Which I, I always find fascinating. And there's so many products that I sign up to. And, and you're right in the way that we buy products. So I'm a, I'm a big user of things like Intercom and Monday.com. Yeah. I've never spoken to anybody at those yeah. companies, anybody. But yeah. if I was in the pub with my friends and they said to me, I'm looking for a project management system, I would be saying use monday.com. If they're looking for a support system, I'd be saying use Intercom. Just because yeah. they've done such a good job of exactly what you said, making it really easy for me to try, get me to buy it. You know, I'm a brand advocate for them. I've never spoken to them, which I think speaks volumes. Yeah, it's exactly that. And, and um, those are great examples. They're Intercom and Monday, both of them are, are product-led companies. And I think the best companies today are looking like that, um, are just, it, um, it's not a contact us company. Uh, let's say it, I, I call it companies when you browse to their marketing website and you, you you see the value proposition, it looks great and you want to start using and then you need to contact them for a demo. Uh, this is not this. I mean, you want to start using. You want to start for free. You want to start experiencing. Yeah, you're breaking my heart now because that's, you just described that yeah. website. <laughs> yeah. And what's happened there, that's... In the meantime, between the demo and if, if you put the, the information, I'm stepping back most of the times. But in this time, I can search for other alternatives. And the difference today is, is not only what you sell, is how you sell it. And you need to sell it very simple. Yeah, absolutely. And what was your, what gave you the desire to start a business? Did you, did you always want to start a business or was it just uh, one day a light bulb went off? Uh, that's great. Um, it's also happened bottom up. <laughs> I mean, I started, I started as an individual developer at the beginning and I started to develop applications um, as an individual developer. And, um, and every time I just, the, 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 um, the vision and, and the opportunity got a little bit more clear and, and expanded. And, and every time I wanted to, to do the next thing. And eventually I found myself, I mean, I really like to be, um, you know, uh, individual at the beginning and have my own business. Um, but at the beginning, I didn't thought it's going to be this journey that we are experiencing today. Uh, it just happened very, very natural. Uh, you just feel you can do more. You just see you can do more. You just want to do more and then just take the next step and you take more responsibility and more people and hire more people and, and 
it's happened like that. So uh, I think that I, I think it's it's happened natural to me. Even the beginning of being an individual developer for me was I started as a side project for myself, and and then I said, okay, let's release it to the to the world, and then let's get feedback. It, it, it wasn't that I, I, I wake up one day and said I want to build a business. It just it was a passion to to do things, to build. I like to build stuff. Which is, I think is fantastic. Are you part of any like online communities like Hacker News or anything like that? Uh, no. No? Okay, because that's where a lot of um, tech people hang out with their businesses and um, Product Hunt, places like that. I didn't know if you were, if you were on there. Hunt, yeah, I'm familiar with that. I looked for, for several products there, but... I'm going to ping you a link to Hacker News because I think you'll I think you enjoy that community. It looks like a website from 1995, but it's still very active. Beautiful, I would love to. <laughs> um, what uh, if we just bring the conversation back to marketing because we've got a really mixed audience, especially my network is is a mixture of developers, um, business people, and marketers. But on the marketing front now, I imagine you are investing in marketing now. You do have a marketing team. What's your what's your marketing strategy now that you're established brand and you do have that brand recognition? How are you going about bringing more people to your service? So I think that first we started to to invest uh, in marketing uh, truly I think five six months ago, uh, like with bringing users and it's and we just at the beginning of the journey, but. I think the main thing that we need and we are doing is first the positioning of the company. We started as a single product um, web extension that while you browse on the web, you can get uh, B2B information while you're browsing. And now we have another solution and we are becoming a multi-product company. So our our um, value proposition and is different. And so we need to position ourselves differently. So that this is the infrastructure um, of the company. But then, I mean, as a self-service and a bootstrap company and a volume company, it's all about volume. And I think that the two main things to build volume today is first um, paid advertisement on the one side and making sure the funnel converts right and and people you know experiencing the product and you have an, uh, a reasonable payback on the money. And and the second is is awareness and content and make sure people are aware of your brand and start building a brand. I think we didn't do it; everything was organic. So we want to start building a brand and make sure people know who we are, who we are, what we believe in, why we are doing what we are building and what we are building. So it's both content and paid strategies. Um, and I think it should be very, very related to, to the promise that we actually provide. Um, and this is part of the thing that is very crucial. We are not trying to promise anything that we are not delivering because our approach is that once we promise, just try it out. Just give it a shot. So we always try to be very, very straightforward about what we promise. Very clear. Even at the beginning, we didn't say big, you know, statements. We just do very something very simple, very clear, and we try to to make sure you understand that. Um, I think that it, even if when we didn't have marketing, the one thing that we we did understood is that we don't want to be one of those. To be websites that once you browse, you read, and you just don't understand what the company is doing. There are so many websites like this. Uh, it's just you know, they're saying like a big statement, but you actually don't understand what they're doing. 
And so we're trying to be as simple and straightforward as possible. And so that within a few minutes, you will actually see the value. And, um, but this, this needs to apply both on content and both on paid strategies afterwards. And how are you building your people into that? Obviously, Pager is a social advocacy tool um, for B2B businesses. How, how are you using your people to amplify that messaging that you're putting together? So today we are just encouraging them to invite more people to their account or to the platform. And if they do that, they get more um, credits and ability to use the product. And Lucia is uh, providing you data. So if you are helping us and you bring customers, you get more data. Uh, and, and, and this is the kind of thing that we we, we are doing, um, but we definitely can do more there. Uh, we, we, it's something that's happening. You know, it, we did and we developed two or three years ago, and it works nice. But we are now talking about the next phase of that. What can we do more? What about your your internal staff? How are you are they doing more on LinkedIn? Are you embracing LinkedIn as a platform? Yeah, so we started now uh, to encourage people within the company to post on LinkedIn. Um, and, and this is also a new initiative of the marketing team. Uh, and, and it works nice. I think I, I, I hear a lot of people, first, the people enjoying that because they're stuck getting, you know, messages and LinkedIn and people, oh, I, re I read your post. And you start building an awareness uh, through our network. Um, but I think uh, the next, Thing will be to to start doing it also beyond our network on referral website and, and building our uh, blog which we already started to do um, so honestly most of our marketing activities is at the beginning of the journey uh, as I said most of the reason that we grew at the beginning was just pure to the product delivery involved and, and now, we, when we want to push it forward and more proactively bring customers, we're doing all those stuff, paid and content. Maybe. I think you're going to see the results because if you've got the product and you deliver on your promise and it's you've got a frictionless sales process, I think you're going to see great results. And uh, yeah, I fully expect to see you drinking champagne rather than beer next time we chat. Yeah. <laughs> Could it's going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> sure, happen. sure. Those efforts. I, I mean, we started and we already start feeling the impact. Um, yeah, so I'm sure it will have it will it will work, and the awareness gonna gonna bring more customers. Yeah, brilliant. So, what's um what's your top bits of advice? So, if you I've, I've got two questions actually, for for a developer that's just come out of college or university, and they're sitting there thinking, ah, oh, I could get a job, or actually, I want to start this project. What would your advice be to them at that point? Wow. Um, I, I will. I, I think that for for this position, when you're a developer and you can do both, the main the main advice is just start building, just build, uh, just start small. I think most of the people I spoke with that had this dilemma think that they need to decide uh, very clearly where it's. I need to start working or start building and i think you just need to start and you will understand if you want you can even do it while you're working sometimes just need just start and uh it's not it's not a statement that you need to say one day you just i, I believe in starting small and if it works and, and, and iterate and, and expand over time so in this position just start building if you have the passion just do it you need to have the passion 
And if you have the passion, it will happen. So start building and everything will happen as long as you continue to, to iterate and you have the persistence. Um, persistence, I think, is the key. Uh, it's not about starting building one week or two weeks. It's about doing it for one year and then seeing the result. And, and of course, seeing the result along the way, but things happen and big things happen when you do them for a long time. And so you just need to start doing and start experimenting and learning. It's all about learning all the time and always understand where the bottleneck and, 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 and the opportunities are. But I also think it's also for, for, for companies, for existing companies at the beginning, what our experience was, that everything that we want to build at the beginning um, to ramp up, you know, for example, build the marketing automation at the beginning, building the first sales team, building the design or BI. As an entrepreneur, you need to be there first. Uh, most of the times that we thought that we will bring someone and he will fix it up and he will make it happen, uh, the, the, the failure uh, was, was, was mostly the case. Uh, it's usually, you need to be there in the beginning. You need to, you need to see what needs to happen. And then once you need to optimize, you can delegate it to someone and, and you, and, and, and the benefit is that you already know what's happening there and you can manage it more easily because you, 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 you've been there for several, I don't know, weeks, months as you, you built it at the beginning, you, you have, you understand these fundamentals. And there is no, I, I, everything that we did, I think at the beginning I was there and everything that I wasn't there at the beginning, I'm still, I'm still working on it. Um, I mean, there were also some successes without, uh, you know, me being there, but it's, it was always important. And, and it's about building. You need to be the builder. You are the first builder of everything you do. Um, and I love that. I love that. I love that analogy. It's like you put, you've got to be the one to put the first brick in the wall, um, and then you yeah. can let people finish the wall. But uh, yeah. I think it's I think it's a fantastic journey you've had. I think you've got amazing things in front of you because you've got a really strong brand. Everybody that I speak to um, loves your, your your brand positioning. I think actually um, personifying the the Lucia person. I don't know how you called it. I think that was a stroke of genius personally because people feel like they they, they know it and uh yeah i think it's i think it's fantastic um i i actually don't have any more questions and i'm nearly out of beer so i, I appreciate you're probably not because you've been talking for a long long time but it's been a fascinating yeah. chat is there anything you want to add before we uh before we go um i 